It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. side of midnight i'm frank morano i'll tell you the thing about tony lobianco is he's a fascinating character because anybody that has been to a stage show or watched a motion picture or turned on a television set anytime over the last 50 or 60 years knows who tony lobianco is i guess the big difference is what you know Tony Lobianco from. Sometimes you know Tony Lobianco from appearing in a gangster picture. Sometimes you know Tony Lobianco for playing a boxer. Sometimes you know Tony Lobianco from uh, playing Fiorella LaGuardia. Sometimes you know Tony Lobianco from uh, being just at a lot of charitable events. I think the one thing that has everybody united is that everybody knows Tony Lobianco from the French Connection. I'll tell you what, uh, even though he has been at it for, I guess, 50 or 60 years, he's still going strong with a new movie out, being honored left and right. It is a real treat and a distinct pleasure to welcome back to the program legendary stage television, film actor, writer, and producer, Tony Lobianco. Tony, it's great to talk with you again. Thanks for joining me. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. That's a very nice introduction. Well, it, you know, it happens to be Thank true. We could, uh, we could go on and on. I know you were just honored by the uh, National Italian American Foundation, and you're going to be honored uh, by the Sons of Italy in Washington, D.C. later this month. I know you're the, uh, the child of Sicilian immigrants. A lot of people may not know, even people that have followed your career for a long time, they may not know your story and your family's story. Tell me about it. When, when did your family come to America? What did they do when they got well, here? Okay, no, let, let, let me just correct that. No, it was my grandparents that came here, not got my it, mother and father. Both, my mistake. Both my mother and father. My mother and father were born here. Uh, one was in Brooklyn. The other one was in New York. And uh, my mother was in New York, my father in Brooklyn. Um, but my grandparents, they, uh, they came from Sicily on both sides. And uh, you know how things were, or maybe, or maybe a lot of people do not know, that when the Italians came over here, you know, they were treated worse than anybody. And uh, just like the Irish were, and, and uh, the, you know, they were just thought up of as, as uh, you know, as the scum of the earth. And uh, they, they were, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, when my grandfather on my father's side came over, I think in 1885, some or so, maybe maybe 65, uh, as an immigrant didn't speak any English, uh, when he came over, he was a little guy, and uh, they made this guy, they were on the docks, and some uh, dock worker was uh, teasing him or making fun of him, and, he, and, and my grandfather uh, picked up a one of those uh, things that carry bricks, uh, a bat, and swung and hit him in the head with it. And at court, with this guy's head all bandaged up, he was a big guy, and, and my uh, my grandfather was was a tiny guy. And uh, and when the judge said, "And let me understand, you did that to him," and the grand my grandfather say, "Yes," and if you if you do and you say bad about me, 
I I break your head too. <laughs> to, the, to the judge, and the judge dismissed the case, laughing, you know. So, uh, but you know, it was, it was a very difficult times back then. Uh, uh, my father was pulled out of school when they were, uh, you know, nine years old. Same thing with my mother, you know, just uh, to uh, work. The work for my father and my my mother on her side was pulled out to go sew coats at Howard's. Howard clothing back then, and uh, when the inspectors would come around about the child labor laws, they they would hide my mother, you know, <laughs> in the in the bathroom and uh, wait for, wait for them to go away. It was a it was really tough times, and I don't think people understand understand that today. Uh, I think we got a little. I shouldn't say a little. I think we got spoiled, you know. Well, you know, my uh, my grandparents, at least on my mother's side, they're from Italy as well. My family's from Naples on both sides. And mm. neither my mother nor my uncle speak Italian because my grandfather was, even though he, that was his primary language, he wanted his children to learn English. And I think exactly. that that was the, the trend among Italian immigrants to this country. Well, maybe, maybe all immigrants same, at same that thing, time. Yes, same thing with... With me, I don't speak Italian, and, and my uh, my my grandparents actually, uh, excuse me, my my mother and my father, I mean, they spoke some kind of communicational Italian to uh, obviously her mother, her mother and her father, but they didn't really speak uh, uh, a lot of Italian, and neither my, either did my father. So it's, it's it's interesting, and then of course neither of me or or my two brothers. Uh, spoke well that, that's that's what I was going to ask you about is how the immigrant experience might have changed uh, since the time that my grandparents and your grandparents came to came to this country you know I was really struck by that migrant caravan a few years ago that was supposedly fleeing uh, per- persecution in Central America and the thing that I was struck by is that they were carrying the flags of the countries that they were supposedly fleeing and I I would think, oh, no, if you're going to a new land where you're seeking freedom, why are you carrying the flag of the country that made your life so miserable? I'm wondering, right. <laughs> do you think, Tony, honestly, that there's a different mentality when it comes to immigration to America today as opposed to when my grandfather and your grandfather came here? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, they came, ours came, uh, you know, for a not only did they come for a better life for uh, for themselves and their, their their children, but they they wanted to to uh, uh, migrate. They wanted to assimilate mm. into this country and respect the laws and also you know and the constitution. When they swore and 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 pledged their allegiance to to the flag and work and build this country. That's what they they did. If you, if you go around, you look at some of the structures. They were built by by great art, artisans, Italians, and and uh, throughout Washington and and uh, New York. And you take a look at those structures. And uh, uh, you know today, today when you when they put up a building, you know they put up uh, something, some kind of a straight building, and convince the public. That it's art. It's like it's just like the the crazy uh, modern art that they do right now and try to pass it off at uh, pass it off as art. The same thing they they do with graffiti. 
it seems whatever they can't control, whether it's drugs or gambling or or, or wine, liquor, anything they can't control, they legalize. You know, or or as far as even as far as uh, uh, talent is concerned, you know, if you take a look at paintings, the great painters, you know, uh, and all that Leonardo da Vinci and and and, and uh, all, the, all the other great great artists, compare those those uh, 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 statues and and paintings they did to to what they're painting and doing today. It's incredible. Same thing with cars. You take a look at those beautiful cars that they made back in the past. You wonder where have we gone wrong? You know, these cars all look alike. They're all they're, it's all commercial. Everything is commercial, made made quickly so they can make a, a fast mm-hmm. buck. Mm-hmm. And the artist is, is uh, not respected at all. What was it? Speaking of artistry, that made mm-hmm. you want to be an actor? I know you come from a, a working class background, and I imagine most of your peers uh, growing up here in New York weren't necessarily talking about becoming an actor. What made you want to pursue this? Well, you know. You know, I, I grew up in a, in a, at a wonderful time, I think, and where I, I saw, you know, Bogart, uh, Edward G. Robinson, James Cagney, uh, and uh, Gone with the Wind, Clark Abel, Vivian Lee. I grew up with, with wonderful, wonderful movies and actors and so on. And when I when I looked at, the, at those pictures, uh, Lawrence Olivier, Weathering Heights, uh, all these fantastic uh, actors of Austin Wells and Citizen Kane. I mean, this this was this was real, real acting and real and real messaging. And when I saw that kind of thing, because you know, frankly, I've never seen a script written with by the, with a character named Tony Lobianco. Never saw it, you know. And they don't. And and what I see when I read a script is is a character that is not me. It is me. I have to now turn myself into that human being, just like LaGuardia. If you take a look at uh, the play and, and, and see me on stage, it's LaGuardia. It has nothing to do with Tony uh, and those kind of roles uh, that, I, that I like doing. And that's what attracted me, acting. That's what I call acting. And, uh, and the, the difference, because I, I stage acting was, is my ball game. And I didn't do my first movie uh, until I've been, I don't know, 15 years as a stage actor. Wow. So I knew a great deal about uh, acting and and doing very, very good playwrights. You know, I was doing uh, Eugene O'Neill. I was doing Tennessee Williams, doing Arthur Miller. I was doing great playwrights. And that gives you, you know, uh, gives you a great background. So when you come to with, with those characters in those plays were so rich, so fully rich with so much, so much bar, uh, bar, uh, bar, uh, uh, variations in in what they're in what they're you know, uh, dealing with the depth of of uh, the human being, and that's what I'm interested in. So that so when I you know came into acting school out of uh, high school because I had a teacher, thank God. Who uh, who took a liking to me, and she happened to be a speech and drama teacher, and at a vocational high school, 
uh, Patricia Jacobson, um, and she, uh, you know, I she had entered me into a contest, uh, a speaking contest of uh, doing a poem about a soldier dying in a foxhole and seeing God for the first time and having a conversation with God before he dies. And that, even that kind of drama, you know, you, you look at you, you look at that kind of drama, that has such richness in it, uh, just the whole idea of that. And that that uh, poem, I, I did that and uh, won. I won for my school. I won for my district. Wow. And then I, then I was won for Brooklyn. And there I was in, in the city finals representing Brooklyn uh, in the boroughs, the five boroughs. And when I graduated, I didn't win. But, but uh, it, was a, it was at a time when uh, oh, Joe McCarthy was doing, uh, you know, his his thing, and and some kid did a pro, very very American thing, and he won. He wasn't as good as even somebody else in there. But but anyway, uh, that's beside the point. The fact is, when you ask me who asked me a question, I want to I want to. Cha- I'm always after challenging myself. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. did that. I did that when I was playing ball. You know, I had a tryout with the Brooklyn Dodger rookies uh, as a baseball player. And uh, that's a whole other story in itself. But uh, you know, when I grew up, I think I think the c- competitive action really is where it where it uh, derived from. I don't know where that came from, but I was always uh, looking to do do the most difficult thing, not the easiest thing. When I was when I'd go out for a catch, I would make sure that the the catches that I would be, would, would throw me against the wall, have to have the ball thrown way at my ankles at, at once, something spectacular. So so that kind of training, that kind of difficulty. So when I went into into acting school, when somebody put me, the, the teacher put me into a, a, a play and put me in tights and ballet slippers, uh, you know, it didn't bother me at all because it was so different and, 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 and challenging. And uh, coming as a boxer in the Golden Gloves, I fought as a, as a, a fighter. You think that you would think, hey, I would think, hey, hey that's, the, that's no, no. Um, in fact, when uh, uh, I did that, uh, then then I, I, I challenged. Uh, I said, I said, listen, we got a theater here in 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 a, in, a, in a school. I said, let's put plays on. So when I and I wanted to find out. And I was going there to be an actor, but I wanted to know all about costumes. Mm. I wanted to know about the lighting. I wanted to know about. So I got in, get involved in all that set building and cleaning the stage, making sure you're on time. You know, absolutely. You know, I'm being on time is being there 10 minutes early. You know, that's on time for me. Uh, and uh, so I'm a real, I guess, taskmaster uh, about myself. And uh, so that kind of competitive, that kind of competitive, even even when I was playing softball, you know, I was a pitcher, the manager of the team. Uh, uh, we won eight championships. Wow. wow. You know, yeah. 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 I was the MVP 
three three times uh, in in the eight wins. It'll be good. It's good to know uh, who to recruit now that I know of your softball playing acumen. I'll, uh, I'll keep that in mind for the spring and the summer. Uh, we're talking with uh, legendary actor Tony Lobianco. You can learn more about uh, his career and what he's doing now by going to the website TonyLobianco.com. Tony, you're in this new film out now, this new Ray Romano film, Somewhere in Queens, which I want to ask you about in a second. But let me ask you this. You've had an incredibly successful career as an actor and doing a variety of other things in show business. And, you know, you're at an age now where most people are either retired or running for president. My guess is <laughs> my guess is you don't necessarily need to work. What continues to drive you that you're still out there working hard, making movies, even at an age that a lot of men, a lot of people are looking at retirement? You know, I, you know, I think the excitement of creation, you know, I, you know, this play LaGuardia, I wrote, wrote, uh, I did this play since 1982. I also did it in Russia, would you would you believe? Yeah, in Moscow, I, right? In Moscow, exactly. Playing the Fiorello LaGuardia, which was the 99th mayor of New York City. But, you know, I, I keep opening that play and keep rewriting and keep finding new ways uh, to uh, to deliver the, uh, this line and, and this movement. And I, it's so written down, it's, it, it keeps inspiring me. And I get inspired by being inspired. <laughs> And 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 that kind of thing drives me. Uh, so uh, I love creation. I love the, uh, the idea of keep inventing new things uh, that are better than before. Uh, not not the you know I I, I I see today. I think people want to want to be quote I forgive forgive the word progressive, which is supposed to be you know. Uh, creative i i think and being more it doesn't that's not that's not necessarily what it is they want to change things and not and, and every time they do they change it for the worse i want to i want to change things for the better and uh and i and i and i so it keeps it keeps me going that way you know and uh so i'm, I'm still looking to do to to find that role people have asked me what role would you like to do uh you know you haven't done yet and uh, you know I've done, I've done 102 movies and countless plays, and I think it's five to six Broadway plays. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying. I, I keep try, trying to search for it, and maybe it won't come in a in a form, but maybe it'll come in some kind of a, of character. Uh, so I, I really don't. I really don't know. But I just inspire. I get I get inspired. That's why, you know. And sometimes I get d- disillusioned from what I see. And oh, that I, is very that, that is very uh, a lot of cheating cheating going on in in making the movies, you know. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. So, tell me about this film that you're in now, somewhere in Queens. I know that uh, it yeah, not only it's... stars uh, Ray Romano, but that he uh, directed it as well. Most people know Ray Romano from his work uh, sure. with uh, yeah. Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, it, how did you enjoy making this picture? And you think audiences will enjoy it? Oh, well, I think it's wonderful. I, I think Ray Romano. Uh, is a is a wonderful wonderful human being and and he he was a fabulous director and marvelous actor and he picked a wonderful cast with Laurie Metcalf she's wonderful Gen- Jennifer Esposito is terrific and Sebastian Maniscalco Jacob Ward and a young, young and a young lady named Sadie Stanley she's just terrific 
terrific people. We had a we had a, he picked a, a great crew, and it was a very family oriented uh, shooting. And uh, because it was a fa- about a family, and he 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 did a wonderful thing by uh, by bringing these people together. And he you know he's, Ray is from Queens, so it's it's really about his life uh, somewhat. And uh, uh, he he was he was great in every aspect. And you know when you when you can do a lot of things, people they can't they can't imagine it, and they just take a lot of things for granted. But when you're writing the script. You're you're acting in the movie. You're directing the movie. You're producing the movie. People can't get their minds around that. That is fantastic. That is a, that is applause beyond applause. And he did everything wonderful. And I think uh, uh, you know you'll see that you see it. And it's and when should, people should see this movie because the the kids, the young kids, Jacob Ward and and Sadie, they're just terrific. And and uh, Laurie Metcalf. I think she she does an Academy Award wow. performance. Wow! Yeah, now, really so somewhere in Queens is the film. It's uh, it's available now. People can check it out. One thing I did want to ask you because obviously the French Connection and some of the other films that you've been in, Kill the Irishman, they do feature gun violence. And I've heard some people, even some people involved in Hollywood, in light of the whole Alec Baldwin incident on the uh, set of the film Rust, say that uh, we that Hollywood needs to look again at how they're handling the issue of guns and gun safety, and that going forward, the technology exists to use guns digitally and have them fired digitally rather than using a real gun with blanks. As someone that's yeah. been in a fair amount of films that have guns in them, what's your yeah. view of how uh, how differently listen, guns I, should I, be treated, I if think, at all? I think we're, listen, I think we're a rather sick, sick group of people out in Hollywood these days. I think the idea of uh, you know what, what we, we get crazy. There was a, a shoe bomber, and now all of a sudden everybody had to take off their shoes. Uh, uh, there was a, this accident, a, a, a terrible accident that, uh, that someone didn't didn't do uh, 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 right by by the gun that that Alex had in his hand. Uh, now they're now they're going crazy about the guns. They, you know, it's just another way of uh, taking your gun away uh, from uh, law-abiding people uh, in, in, just in general because now it becomes a war against guns. And it's, 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 uh, it's not the gun. It, more people die of, of hammers and knives, and they're not doing anything about that. that. Uh, and, and as far as uh, uh, they are doing, I see Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg, uh, there were guns in that uh, E.T. movie, I guess it was, and uh, he, he traded them in for cell phones, which is <laughs> did it digitally. And now he just said, "Yeah, he said he okay, regrets that." I was talking about that yesterday. That. He, and- he regrets that, right? Classic films in past, like French Connection and Seven Ups, and everything that was going on. You know, when you when you and and the language also that you used back then is all part of history, right? It's right. all part of the. It's all part of history. And it was right then or wrong then. Whatever it is, is and uh, you know, leave everything alone. And if you want to start, uh, uh, just you know, I, I, I'm going to use the. I'm going to tell you. You can imagine the way I'm talking. This whole woke nonsense is just out of hand. 
It's just, it's just destroying our whole country. And I'm very, very much against that. Well, uh, two two issues that I want to ask you about. Well, since you alluded to this, right, um, mm. you know, I, I can take a guess based on how you're speaking now about wokeness and other things mm. uh, as to where you fall on the political spectrum. And I'm guessing it's a different place from where Alec Baldwin and Sean Penn fall on the political spectrum. And obviously you're all great actors. And to me, it doesn't matter where what an actor's politics are at all. But we've heard from some actors that are on the right over the years that they feel that there's sort of a discrimination against conservatives in Hollywood that's not that's not um, present when it comes to political biases against liberals. From your perspective, do you think that's accurate? Uh, Does show business discriminate against actors who might be right leaning? Well, that's that's what I hear. I, I I have no way of knowing uh, if if that is really happening. I'm uh, because I, I you can't prove it. I don't know. I don't know. You can't prove you're not getting a a job because of that. But some people, I guess, can. I I don't know. I, I'm uh, as you said before. You know, if a role comes along and they they want me, just like the Ray's movie, uh, uh, that that's how we do it. But uh, so I, I have no idea that I I'm being discriminate, discriminating against. I probably am, but uh, I'm 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 not out there that much. What I'm out there for is the right thing. With the, and the right thing is about our our uh, veterans, about our police, and 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 our country, and our borders, and our you know common sense and our budget. And I mean, that's all just common sense. You don't have to be right or, or left. Just, oh, and you just have to have common sense and logic. I, I, you don't want a country to, to be in the shape it's in now. So and you got to just say, well, why? Well, how did that happen? Yeah. That's just logic and common sense. Yeah, if people are just tuning in, we're talking with Tony Lobianco. You mentioned the issue of veterans. At the end of the month, it's Memorial Day, and mm. you and I have both been active in promoting an organization called Gold Shield, which seeks That's to end, end veteran suicide. And if people want to learn uh, more about that, they can go to goldshield.us uh, or, or the simple truth. Uh, they can go to the simple truth.com. But I'm wondering, one of the issues that doesn't get talked about nearly enough, as far as I'm concerned, is that issue of veteran suicide. And we're yeah. still seeing a big problem with this. From yeah. what you have, have seen, what do you think can be done about this as a country? Well, I think more, more consciousness about it, at least. It's minimum a minimum you know we should have we should have more uh, uh, information out there constantly uh i mean twenty two a day people don't even understand there's twenty two a day veterans committing suicide that's alarming beyond belief and they look at the veterans that are out on the street homeless i mean these these people should be revered they should be taken care of should be should be treasured. And uh, and I, I just think I know I know Nick Nick is Nick is doing a, a great job. Nick is uh, with you know, with Gold Shield, and people can learn Gold more about Shield. it. Just go to thegoldshield.us. Right. That's thegoldshield.us. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And and I did a video uh, called uh, 
uh, a soldier, a yeah. soldier, J- just a, a common a, soldier, just a common soldier, or it's got two titles, just a common soldier or a soldier died today. And uh, it has it received to, to my uh, astonishment and joy. It has received about 40 million views. Wow. Yeah, that's it's, it's a tribute to our veterans. It's and, it's... and that, that people would look at that. Those 40 million, uh, uh, let me a country of, of 300 and so that's right, 340. So, uh, and I'm, and I'm guessing that when that gets a view, it's not just, not just one person looking at it. Yeah. So I can't imagine how many people have seen this. I just wish that you, every, every one of your listeners, uh, take a look at that. Yeah. I, very, I hope they do. If people want to take a look, I'm going to link to it right now on my Facebook page. People could take a look. Just go to facebook.com slash Morano fan. And you could uh, see and hear Tony's rendition of just a common soldier. Tony, I could talk with you all day. We are out of time. I appreciate you being so generous with your time so late at night. I hope we can do this again in the future. Absolutely. You're the best. Thank Keep you, up, baby. Tony Lobianco, the great Tony Lobianco, not just a great actor, but a great person and a, a great human being. If you want to be heard, if you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you can give me a call. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. 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 